I keep talking even though I know he can't hear me. I can hear you. <laughs> can you not hear us? Rob can't hear us. Oh. My mic wasn't plugged in all the way. <laughs> Look, you can't hear us. Yeah, I can now. <laughs> I was about to start talking mad shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was the dumbest fucking mistake. Probably just because I keep it too dark in here to see. <laughs> um... Right. Oh, I need to send this to Ileana, too. Uh, I don't actually know how to say her name properly. Uh, All right. Yeah. Good luck. I'm just as white as you. I don't know how to, like... I always think I'm saying it right, but then she just says no. Uh, I'm... I'm... I'm also yeah, like, very Southern, and, like, I, to this day, like, there's... I struggle so much, like... Not names of course like that like if i ever get canceled it'll be like me reading somebody's name wrong but like even words from english i'm not great at sometimes if they're if like i've never heard them yeah i mean i people can understand me half the time anyway um come in good night, good night. i hope you enjoyed baby metal yes i did all right Baby metal's fun. I think baby metal's better than kids pop for sure. Well, yeah. No, I think baby metal's great. I just don't know. Like when I was nine, I was listening to like Veggie Tales. Well, and Spice Girls. When I was nine, I was go. I was like, at up at like one a.m. in juke joints and stuff on my dad's films. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just started listening to the Sex Pistols at nine. Y'all were way cooler nine-year-olds than me. That's for fucking sure. I don't know how cool that is. Like, I don't know how cool the Sex Pistols even are. They're not, they're not cool at all anymore. No, I, mean, I don't think they ever were. I don't know if they've ever been, honestly. Yeah, they had a veneer. I love, I, I love that fucking album, but like, I mean, they're they're a boy band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all just the bad boy from the boy band. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. The bad boy, the boy band isn't very talented musically. So, but yeah, now I have to start taking taxes out on myself. I also submitted a book proposal, so maybe I'll be in Brandon's shoes soon. We'll oh. see if it works out. I'm excited. I here. also lied and said I had the first five chapters written. I have three chapters written. That's pretty good. I thought it was usually just like, here's the one chapter and like a vague description. <laughs> yeah, here's an abstract. <laughs> what is it? What is it? I mean, you don't have to go. It's a, the Dirtbag Christian Guide to Polyamory and like leftist politics. But I, and like this Christian publisher was at that I met at Wild Goose was really interested in it. And they were like, please submit a book proposal. But like, I've been rereading it. I've been like, was this too spicy for them? Or like, do they want just a polyamory book, which I think would be really boring and really like underselling. Cause I think if you just like hear, like have an ideology that's about just fucking, I think that's, I just don't think that's a good thing that I would like to promote. Just How could you even really divorce it from like the political aspect of like wanting like a community and like collectively rearing children and stuff? 
Oh, well, I would, I mean, I would, I would talk about it in like an educational way, but like for me personally, like, I, and that's what I said when I was doing my panel is I said multiple times to the people that I was like, you know, I not in like a preachy way. Cause even progressive Christians tend to still be like very like nuclear family focused and all that. So I was like, even if I wasn't polyamorous, I would never live without other people again. I would live near my sister or with my sister like I like I, like I just I like I talked about my family and how I just like really strongly believe just having like community and stuff around you is there a lot of like I, I don't mean incest I don't preface that but like <laughs> is there a lot of like family incorporation of polyamory like you know like this person is not again not incest but like yeah. this person is like two siblings or polyamorous or whatever oh. they share partners is that a thing that happens so funny fucking story i don't know how it happens naturally but around two years ago i found um i found sister and bro and her husband on a dating app and they've been poly now like officially like but i'm not a dramatic person i do not want drama my desire to have no drama is stronger than my desire to have sex with any one person. You know? I see. But, like, but formally, like, family is not, that's not something you're like, yeah, no, no dating my family. That's not something you, like, you, like, agreed upon, oh. like, outright. It's no, just... I've never said anything. I would be pretty pissed if either of them dated my sister. I don't know what it is. Okay. Maybe I should look into it. I, I I don't know how to feel about that. Like I mean, even like just thinking like I remember when I was dating um a poly a married polyamorous woman, she commented on a asked if one of my roommates was a was a poly. I was like that, that just feels a little too close to home. <laughs> oh, you know you know who this happened to? Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera. And Trotsky? <laughs> no Diego Rivera their first divorce before they got back together like because they were they were like open or whatever like they were trying to be non-traditional and uh but but then D then he, Frida Kahlo walked in on Diego R Rivera fucking her sister and he was like fuck and she was like no fucking way like uh, fuck uh, you there's also like I think they also had contentions over Trotsky when then she Kahlo went and fucked Trotsky because he fucked her sister yeah which uh which is a real blow because he was a big fucking like revisionist traitor to the revolution like that that hurt that hurts me I mean speaking of family and Polly <laughs> it's still better than Anise Nin and uh Henry Miller with Anise Nin fucking her own father what uh, yeah yeah <laughs> what yeah. I, I just read a bunch of Anise Nin last year I didn't, didn't know that. Didn't she write about it? In she wrote it. I didn't realize it. I thought it was just like weird fiction. And it was like, it's one of those things that's like, this is really uncomfortable. But, and I wouldn't, and like normies couldn't read this shit is what I was thinking. Yeah, I don't know. My <laughs> I, girlfriend, when she I was, asked somebody to find that book for me at Barnes and Noble, <laughs> Did they, they? Were, they were like, cause I didn't, I, you know, I, they, I know they had it. <laughs> and like, cause I was like Delta Venus, like a Delta Venus. And, uh, uh, I didn't know what the cover was going to look like. I was just like, do you have any, I'm looking for Ani's name because it's saw me looking. She's very, she's attractive, very sweet looking girl. And um, I, she was so, she was so eager to help me too. And I've never seen somebody's face like change so much. Like as soon as she like found it, 
and looked at it and it's it's it says fucking you know erotica by Anna Eisenman and it's got a woman spanking another woman on the cover. Oh, <laughs> I was like, whoops. I thought it was gonna be more more tasteful. I just knew her through my ex-girlfriend. Some of it's normal erotica, but then there's like incest and then there's like um yeah. rape and then there's like like stuff that like you know, they always talk about how people are like proactively, like retroactively canceling Ernest Hemingway or like <laughs> David Foster Wallace. I'm like, good Foster thing you guys, cl- you guys haven't read Aeneas Nin, clearly. Nah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, back, I, back, back then, like she was even closer to incest being fine more or less than we were. She was just like, a little bit richer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was. She had two husbands, and they didn't know about each other, which is pretty neat to pull off. I mean, it's easier without Facebook, I imagine. That's true. They were on different sides of the country. Yeah. My parents to like the seventies at least. Well, my dad. Um, I don't know. I don't know how widely known this is, or like if they, if his, if his real, like real quote unquote wife knew about it, but. Um, Johnette whistled the who um, my dad, my stepmom at one point, they met this guy and this woman and Omen was, was uh Johnette whistles American wife when he would go on tour in America <laughs> and he had a wife back in England. And I, I've never heard that before. Ilya. Hi. 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 Yeah. Ileana, tell us how to say your name. Like you pronounce it. I did. Ileana. Yeah, I think Ileana. you're fine. Ileana, yes. You told me for years that I was pronouncing it horribly. Oh, I mean, yeah, but like sometimes you just get used to it, you know, like um even my grandmother, she wasn't able to pronounce it correctly. So I don't really take it personal, but in case you're a purist of my name, my name is Ileana. I've never I can't yeah. <laughs> um, I can't get the roll L. I'm like from the south. Like it's like I'm not gonna try it because I don't want to show What about you, Brandon? Can you try and say it? Nope. No? Okay. Well, um I don't really know how do you want to call me then? Like if any try it would be fine, you know, like like with Anna, it's fine, I think. I'll do I'll try Ileana. Oh. And That's yeah, fine. If I need to okay. say your name. I, I will try in earnest to say it. I'm not going to try to roll the L. It'll just come <laughs> off as like my dad ordering at a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> you're doing it acceptable for me. So you're fine. Thank you. You look well, Ileana. Yeah. You've been spending like the past week in the forest, haven't you? Yeah, of course. And so they end up with garden. So it's fine. Okay. Um, so all I really told them about you is that um, you were an au pair for two years and that it was like the worst experience of your life. That's like questionable, but okay. And then? Is it, okay. And then that you've been doing activism recently. Okay. Yes. I think you got that kind of right. So yeah, um, I was an au pair from July 2017 until July 2019. I live with uh, four families in these two years. I spent six months close to New York City. 
six months close to Philly and that's where I met Rob and finally I was like in Maryland for a year like in the suburbs of DC Mm. and I would say it's like a bittersweet like experience I don't know how familiar you could be with this program but if you need like a short um yeah like a summary of it so you basically sign up with an agency in your country in my case Mexico I had to pay about like a little bit more than um one thousand dollars for fees I also had to pay for my own visa I think if I remember well and the transportation for my visa interview and stuff like that and basically yeah I paid to suffer and pay taxes (laughs) and all that like yeah like the full American experience um so the thing is like before getting into the guidelines of the program like my background is like I have a bachelor's in communications I studied that in the north of Mexico in my home city which is like industrial and boring if you ask me (laughs) and of course when I finished the degree I was like unemployed and I had like very good grades and everyone told me like you will get a, a job fast and all that and after my third job interview in which I didn't get the job, I started to feel down and miserable. <laughs> and there was something like in my last year of college, I had the chance to live in the south of Mexico, like in a town close to like indigenous communities and the Zapatistas and all this. And I had the experience of meeting like people from all over the world. I have friends from like Togo, Africa, friends from France, from the States. And everything was like very cool. And and that's like the first time I didn't feel like awkward in my life. I was like, well, maybe it's a place and it's not me. Or I mean, I felt like I kind of fit in. And I was thinking like, what can I do to like get another approach to life and broaden my perspective and all this. And like the cheapest way of like trying to achieve this was like, yeah, why don't I just go like, as an au pair to New York or something. I have friends who had that like during their high school, like after high school, or they had a break in college and they signed up for the program and all that. And like, I think they weren't really like honest with me. Like they would always say like the positive things and all that. And I was like, I would like to say I was naive, but maybe like the words, like I was very stupid. That would be more honest. And so I basically signed up with like, with like, um, I don't really know, like a lot of innocence, you know, I trusted like when everyone told me like, you're going to be fine. You will find support with us 24 seven and all these things. And now I will get to that. You were 22, right? I mean, it's not like. I think it was like, I don't remember 22 or like 23. I think I turned 23, like. A few a few weeks after I I got to the states, okay. And I basically signed up. I only told my mom. No one knew I would leave. I would just like tell everyone like the few weeks before leaving because like, why would I tell people that like I just wanted to leave? And so basically, this program is like I had a visa sponsored for from like an upper agency, a J one visa, which is a visa for um exchange visitors and they told me this open program was like a cultural exchange program in which I would leave like 
the American experience, the American culture, while um, babysitting, working for a host family, my employers, and they would pay me $195.75 for 45 weeks, uh, 45 hours of weekly work. You know, like not even $200. Yeah, that was like really messed up. But the thing is, like, they told me, like, you're not going to pay for utilities. You're not going to pay for housing. You're not going to pay for food. Like, they will provide, like, three meals a day. Like, um, it is um, a rule of the program that they will give you, like, $500. So you can study, what like, a good English class or something like that. And I was like, I was excited, of course. Like, I wanted to study, have like, to have a better education that I got from my college experience because I didn't like it. So I was like, well, maybe I could, you know, take a class I would like. And um, nothing was like they told me. So (laughs) when I first got to like New York, I was super excited. I actually wanted to live in New York because I had this crazy idea, of course, very messed up of like studying screenwriting over there, which I did what I paid with like my tears of blood and <laughs> I don't know I just like I have questionable like life decisions I guess I mean it I, it sounds like a reasonable decision when you're 22 I mean I had no job prospects either I mean we're not that we're only like four or five years apart in age I mean you came out of college like still on the tail end of the recession um like the rest of us uh, though I did the math, and one hundred and ninety-five dollars a week is a uh, four for forty-five hours is four dollars and thirty-three cents an hour, not including overtime. I'm guessing it's even less if you factor in overtime. You know what? It, this reminds me. You know, when we I found out that we had an au pair coming to, to coming on this show, I realized that there was a tweet thread a couple I don't know days weeks ago. Time is endless online, so. And somebody was just like complaining. They're like, this is what childcare is going to cost me. Like it's ridiculously expensive. And like, it's going to cost like 35,000 a year where I live for like two kids or whatever. And it's like ludicrous. And somebody literally it comes into the comments and is like, have you considered an au pair? We have ours part time, and she's like for fifteen to twenty hours a week, and it's like only fifteen k a year, way less than than childcare. And people were like, "Are you kidding? That's not nobody should be getting paid that." I mean, that's not even all. That they're probably not. They're probably including the fees they're paying the agency too, because in addition to, I'm really not telling me like, in addition to her paying them, the the people then also pay the agency a fee as well as paying her the pittance a week. <laughs> yeah, like both parties pay, of course they pay more, and like something weird is like there's a miscommunication, and of course like these um weird expectations from one side to the other because for example a lot of families they don't really know we also pay to like participate they think they are the only ones that pay but for example they told me like you know they you see these pictures and like disneyland or going to europe or stuff like that or like um playing with a uh, play-doh and video games with kids and everything seems like fun and all that but um 
it's weird because for example in my first week i think they gave me like a card and they told me like if you um if you bring into the program if you get to know another family we're going to give you like a gift card or, or something and i was like looking at the card and the card said like affordable flexible childcare so they they sell this idea to me that i'm going to travel like all over america i'm going to be studying uh, and everything will be like cool and they are telling these people you know what you get flexible childcare you get to define the schedule and these people will live in your house so if you have an emergency they will like cover up anything regarding the childcare and it's like they sell an idea to me and they sold an idea to them that was like completely different that term flexible i don't remember you telling me about that card before because that seems insane yeah, <laughs> and, and it is and it is because also like i we, we have like a really um short contract which is like one page long or something and basically the tasks are like the opera must do like can do or must do anything re like related to to like child the children and it's like well it's unreasonable like you know i think about cooking and and playing and maybe um driving people or whatever but then, like, suddenly, one of my host families was like, well, you know, my kids, they walk the hole, so you need to clean the hole. You need to, like, vacuum it. You need, and I'm like, yeah, like, we all walk the hole, of course. Like, you know, like, these loopholes in which people start to see, like, how they can, like, abuse you and stuff like that. They don't specify the tasks. It's just, like, whatever is re in relation to, like, child rearing, like, that's your responsibility. Yeah. You can pretty ex much exploit that. Yeah, because, like, for example, some people clean the bathrooms. Um, some people, uh, yeah, it's, it's, like, weird. Like, everyone, like, I think one of the main, like, things I realize is, like, of course, every family has different needs. And, of course, you as an au pair have, like, different expectations because, some people really would like to match with, I don't know, like a Christian family. Like there are like different needs and diversity. I think also like the family dynamics in the country is like very diverse. And that's I, like basically an umbrella term for complicated and messy maybe. Um, but the thing with that, it's like um, sometimes like people end up feeding like chickens or stuff like that if they live in the middle of nowhere and like really random things to do they used to ask me to go to the cleaners for like the parents clothes and stuff and I didn't know I thought it was like normal and reasonable because I didn't really have like a margin of what I was entitled to do or not right. so it was like um as basically life kicked my ass I had to learn what was going on <laughs> and it turned out like I was in a very complicated um situation in New York I was like looking for um looking after like basically teenagers so um my employers were like this is very easy and like you know I don't want to clean my fridge and you're here so basically you should do it <laughs> I want to go to yoga class you know Wow. And I was like, uh, I, I don't, I did, I don't really remember this part in which I like came to the past and told you you should have like kids and you should like choose a life in the suburbs. And of course, you need to exploit me because you need to go to yoga. Like I, I missed that memo.
<laughs> so by the time I decided to leave that place because it was very complicated as I told you like I also remember one of my um um tooth was broken like one of my molars broke oh. and also like the medical insurance with the upper thing is another mess because like of course insurance in, in the country is a mess and it was just like a really wild time and then I remember the last day I was with them the mom told me you should be like thankful we gave you all, all the food you had because you eat a lot and because there are families that won't let you eat like that oh that's fucking serious. that came up with every one of your hosts uh, hold on but, uh, this is the beginning I also had like in there there was a person in the house another one in the house I will try to be like um as general as I can because I don't really want to say yeah. any specific you know but like there was something, someone in the house who grabbed like a lettuce and they grabbed a lettuce and they told me, Ileana, this is a lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> have you never seen this before? <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I have them at home. You know, we have like supermarkets and like, oh my God. you know, yeah. And of course, like, honestly, for example, in my life, I, I had all, like, seen in books and, like, cartoons, like, dishwashers, but, like, I cannot, like, have that at home. So, of course, when I first came, I had to learn, like, how to use the dishwasher and stuff like that. But it's not like I lived under a rock, like, Patrick, <laughs> you know, or something like that. It was I've never like, used a dishwasher. I've never Yeah, used. yeah, you know. And they would... It was just very weird, like, something I need to say. It's, like, I only work for, like, white people. And in, like, three different religions that I won't mention because I don't want to, I don't want to get into that. But uh, after that, I went to the suburbs of Philly where I met Rob. And that was another wild time because, uh, like, you know, I, I always think about the suburbs as a very horrible place. I don't really <laughs> like them. I, I'm not a suburbs kind of person. I think about, you know, like the album by Archive Fire or like uh, American <laughs> Idiot or stuff like that, like all the time. And in there, like it was more in between like the lines of the countryside and the suburbs. So basically, if I wanted to go for a walk, I could walk for a walk like 25, 40 minutes and I would, would only get to a CVS. <laughs> yeah. I oh, know. yeah. Like so that. of course that was like horrible for me you know because i also don't like driving that much and limited privileges for cars when you're an au pair too anyway right it's like limited to what they yeah and i had access to cars and i also had car accidents like that's a full other topic like i i had like everything going on <laughs> but the thing with that is like for example in there I started to have like food issues because the family would like go shopping like once a week or once every two weeks and outside Philly. We would run out of food like after two or three days and it was like they would be like, Well, we cannot have like cereal for dinner. I was like oh, what? <laughs> like, you know, like I don't have cereal for dinner, like where I come from, like it's something like very cultural i think because for example in mexico like honestly if we are like 10 people and we have like just a pot of food we all will have that like there's no way that we are not going to share that like it was really like it struck me really hard so i had to basically like i asked a friend who is a nutritionist like hey this is happening to me i'm afraid i will like basically uh 
lose my hair or something. <laughs> so you got to tell me what to do. And she was like, well, you know what? Like, you can just like um, take some veggies. And if you don't have a veggie, you can eat from other veggies and just like exchange things. So she told me, if you have to eat like eggs three times a day to get protein, that's what we, you will do. And I was like, okay. So I took a deep breath and I started like eating eggs like a crazy person because that was like the cheapest. And I would do my own like grocery shopping from my $105.75, you know? That was after the tax. Yeah. And sometimes Rock. the kids would be like craving for my food and I felt terrible. But I was like, dude, like, your parents are not doing that like you know like like how can I tell you that I'm like this like I remember I wanted to have like oatmeal because I love oatmeal and I it's not a joke I ordered like a 10 pound package from Costco online with free shipping because it would be impossible for me sometimes to take the card you know so I had in my room like my 10 pound like bag of oatmeal <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's your luxury so do, you get, do, you get to, do you get to like have any say in the assignments that you get as an au pair or is it just like do you have options at all okay. like do they tell you ahead of time what to expect generally so you basically know tinder right like that's how i met her up oh no okay Cupid. so the thing is like you basically have your profile and you like update it and you put like a picture of you and you save your like your religion and everything Mm -hmm. and it's the family who gets to like contact you like they will send an email and they will tell you hi we are this family and we're interested in your profile you can check our profile and we can like have them like an interview if you're interested but there's no way that i can contact them through the system they wow. are the ones who have the privilege of um yeah, picking me and also in case we don't really have a great match which means like things are not the way you expect. Um, they are the ones who can leave a review of you, like of your performance, but you cannot leave a performance, like a review. Oh, that's bullshit. That's such bullshit. Yeah. So um, that's horrible. Yeah. So of course there are like like um pairs who have like a terrible, mm. terrible time. And it's like you cannot save the next au pair you know or sometimes they are in the interviews and the family comes to you and tell they are like we we're talking to her and we need you to tell her how is living with us and we're not leaving the room we're going to be here with you so of course you cannot be honest you know and it's like complicated of course oh so i thought you were saying that they had the new au pair fire the old au pair for a second <laughs> Oh yeah, that also can like everything can happen. Like honestly, I I had like a complicated experiences. But, like when you go into upper nightmares, it's like the range hits low and high. Like I was like in the middle. I was like except like kind of low. You know, like I didn't get food. Like that sounds like a horrible thing. Is that like a Facebook group or a Reddit forum or something? Oh yeah, there are a lot of like Facebook group in which people advise each other, and that's how I get to know like that this was more complicated than I thought. Um, but also there's like this narrative going on in between the au pairs that it's like, you are the one who are wrong because you chose to be with them. But it's like, come on, like after an interview or two through Zoom, and like, 
it's like they can lie about what they are telling you. I mean, of course you can lie too, you know, like everyone can lie in that kind of dynamic. But the thing is like, for example, I met a girl who um, they told her, you know, we have five kids and there will be you and there will like be like a nanny part time to help you out. She got to the country, they fired the nanny and it's like, you have to take care of five kids. And the thing with that is like, you can you can like um you get the same payment for one kid or for Holy eight. Shit. Oh my god. Dang. I never <laughs> thought about that. That's so fucked. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like of course, like there are like people who take care of like who are in a like large family and they, they say like they have a, a good time and I think that's respectable if they feel comfortable. Yeah, probably a better time than money. Because they would be only responsible for less kids or something. But like honestly, I would never do that. And it's like when I when I heard how much an any earns, I was like, like is, yeah. this is like insane. Like some people get like twenty dollars an hour for one kid, you know. Like yeah, of course. Now the thing here is also like we are not um, residents or citizens, so the forty hour week doesn't apply. Oh, shit. To it. Oh my god. Um, pay, I'm sure doesn't apply. Yeah, like that's a good loophole. So of course, like I was I was like, I don't really think people can like I was like, okay, is this like my problem? Am I making bad decisions or is this like systemic or what is going on? I started to question that. So I decided to extend for another year because I couldn't get enough of <laughs> adventures, as you can see. And then my mom was like, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, like, what else can go wrong, right? So I ended up here, like, in the DMV area. And the, the job was supposed to be, like, very easy, too. But um, it wasn't. Like, of course, I started to get, like, less food. That It was, like, another food, food issue, you know? But I also think, like, there was a... Uh, you know, like um, this stereotype of how to be healthy and, and you have to be like skinny and all that going on in the house. I felt that vibe. But, but the thing is like, uh, it was complicated. And it was like, we were three people in the house and they would be like, well, we are th three people and we have two fish fillets. So we are all eating from there. Yeah. And I was like, am I supposed to, like, bite my arm later or something? Because <laughs> I don't really know what to do. So some of my friends would, like, give me food and stuff like that. Like, really weird situation. So I finally, like, there was, like, this character development of mine in which I was, like, a very, like, um, diplomatic. And I was, like, a very good girl. And I wanted to be um, assertive or whatever you want to call it. And then there was, like, this part of me who had to come through, and it was like, uh, hey, you know what, like, I don't think I'm getting enough food, I'm getting, like, skinny, I just lost, like, 10 pounds in two months, <laughs> I, whenever I go running, I have headaches, I don't think this is fair for me, and we have to, like, manage certain, like, uh, strategies, so at the end of this situation they gave me a separate check for my own food and I was like yeah so I went to the Latino market and I went to Aldi which is like a habit I inherited <laughs> from Robert <laughs> and I, I really love Aldi to be honest oh, Aldi. and 
yeah. yeah so I had to come through with that and but at the end it was the same like sometimes I, I picked like from this uh, I picked some like minced garlic at some point and my employer like yelled at me like did you buy that and I was like you have to be kidding me you know like it's garlic like what was and- their issue with garlic <laughs> I don't really know, but it was, I went like to my room, like downstairs. I went to my room and I was like, is it like reasonably happening? Like, I might, like, I had to like pinch myself, you know? I was like, Eliana, are you in your limits or are you going to like dig deeper because this is getting. It sounds like someone's so feeding off your blood. If they don't like eating garlic. Yeah, it was just like very weird. Oh, that would explain and... the garlic issue. Yeah, of course. I thought of that. But, yeah. <laughs> So I had to like go through like I was like I won't be able to do this and I had like a very honest talk with this person and I was just like well you know what I feel like you are very um disrespectful towards me and I don't want to work for you anymore you see like diplomatic and you know everything was fine with that conversation and they were very surprised and they told me like well you know what you can like um you can stay in between we rematch to other parties and it's a process that it's supposed to last for two weeks they give you up to two weeks to find a new family and if not if there's a possibility you go back home even though you paid one thousand dollars and also that thing you didn't really know about this is like you have to pay taxes for this yeah so (laughs) Yeah, so you said earlier, like your take home, even though you're getting paid technically like eight hundred a month, your take home is like half that. It sounded like. Yeah, at some at some point it was. So I was like very tired overall. I also had this tissue in which they told me I could stay there, but at the third day they told me, you know what, we got someone. So it's Friday. You have until Monday to take your things and leave. <laughs> and like basically, you can like stay with uh, like a mediator called like a counselor that she would take you in but I just didn't want anything anymore I was just like I wanted to ask if I could just stay with someone else that I would trust and they told me I could so um, I had to pack everything in like one day and a half or something because I also had to work in the remaining hours and all that so of course I, I saw like oh, the situation coming and at some point I went to the Mexican embassy like the cultural space for that and there like I met the vice council like what is it called vice council so I was in a, this artsy talk and I said a commentary and this woman approached me and she was like hey I'm the vice council who are you and I were started talking she gave me her card in case I, I knew of someone who ha- was having a hard time. And then I was like, well, that person <laughs> might be me. So, <laughs> so I went to them and I told them everything. Like I told them everything. And they were like, well, we know some of pairs, you know, but do you have a like case? Like we have heard of like sexual harassment or, or people who lock them up in the rooms. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you know, oh like, my god like, yeah if it if it's below that we're not gonna bother acting just... they can starve you if they're not harassing uh, you or uh, i don't really know like it's so complex and they told me well you know how mexico works so you know what um <laughs> we cannot help you with housing right now because we're like changing um um the government leaders you know but we can take you anywhere you want 
And then I was like, hey, Rob, can I come stay with you for a few days? <laughs> I was wondering if this was leading to that because I don't remember that happening. <laughs> yeah. So there was, so these like Mexican embassy vehicle came to get me at the house I was working. And then they told me like they could pay for a bus. So I went in bus to meet with Robert to stay there. But like there was someone from the embassy in Philly who took me there. I was like very privileged, I would say. Uh, I would only sleep for two and a half days. And in between I had like interviews, you know, but I was tired. I was like, maybe I should just give up to this. Like, I, and at some point also I talked to the person who represents the agency where I, where I live. And she told me like, have you considered this might not be a program for you? <laughs> and I was like, well, if I'm supposed to be like, okay with exploitation, abuse and discrimination, I might not be the right candidate for that, but I don't yeah. know who would. I don't think you're like, a good fit for starving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I finally matched with another family and I had like very good six months with them. They were like kind of, like I honestly like, of course, no one's perfect. I, I am not a perfect employee either, but I think I really, like, I am responsible at least. And they were, they were cool overall. They had their things or sometimes their commentary. I know they so, teach about uh, being a Marxist and everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they were cool with everything. They were, like, liberals. And I oh, had a yeah. very cool... Of course they were. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> It could be worse. Did you have Marxist on your on your profile page or not there? (laughs) Not there. (laughs) Like no, but um, I remember like these really great moments. Like one of the biggest moments during my uh, work life, I guess. In which, so they had like this minivan, and when we were in the interview, they told me, you know what? Like this car is very old, and it sounds like an old whale. Was like what? Really? Yeah, like you know, this ancient animal, you know, like an old <laughs> whale. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like it's old. Okay, fine. But then it was like uh, at some point, my my you know, my boss, he was like, well, you know what? We needed to get it to the shop because I I used it while you were gone during the weekend, and it sounds horrible. And he was like telling me, like, I don't really know what you have done to that car. And I was like, well, I have like two months here. Like, I don't really know what to tell you. Like, it was like that, you know. So on our way to the, I think he would, I would drive him to his like job so I could stay with his car. And I was like, this is going to be that 10 minute talk. Like, you know, one of those kind of like a taste of hell in a car. I was like, I had, I was like in a very good mood. I like smile and say hi and all that, but like hostility was in the in the environment. So um, I told him, I just want you to know that you have told me that more than ten operators have used this car, and I've been only here for a couple of months. And I honestly think if I had damaged it that much, it would be like because like it wouldn't be me, you know, like. Yeah. And he was like, well, that's the au pair car and you're the au pair. I was like, okay, we're getting, okay. I didn't want to that's like. Logic there. <laughs> I didn't want to be like, 
who I am in reality, but okay, fine, you want to steal that for me, that's fine. So I, I just like turned up to him and I told him, well, you know what? I think I am here. If I am here, it's because you need me or your lifestyle needs me. And I didn't choose that for you. So don't talk to me like that. I've always been very impressed by you. <laughs> I like I can't imagine living with my employers and being able to stand up to them. Like I like I barely stand up to employers as it is. <laughs> yeah. I I don't I'm trying to think if I've ever stood up to an employer and I think like I've just like quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's something, it's like a resource you have, you know, like there's just like how you have to be. I had a friend and she was like uh, five years like younger than me and she was like very naive and all that. And she had, they had lied to her. So when she got to that place, they told her that the parents were together. She arrives and it's like, well, like in reality, we are divorced. You're going to live with the mom, but sometimes you're going to go to my house. (laughs) <laughs> and then hold on this is just gets this gets better so they told her so i think the mom had a boyfriend and they would have their things going on every night and well she was there listening like you know indirectly uh, so, so at some point she was like hey do you think you could like moan like in a lower volume because i'm trying to sleep uh, <laughs> What do they say to them? What are they, like, <laughs> we can try that. <laughs> Considering yeah. all the horror stories, I'll pair. Uh, uh, yeah, you that, have no the idea. hardest one for me to so broach. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can do that. Yeah, it's wild. You have like really, you have to fight with your like nails and all that. Like the, some people, they they will test your limits every single uh, time they can. Yeah. So, of course, for example, sometimes they they start with a favor, like, hey, could you, like, maybe walk the dog, walk the dog, like, once in a while? And they would be expecting that from you. Because remember, like, of course, they come from a lot of countries. So, like, at least you have to have the high school, but you can have, like, other degrees. And so I have friends who are, like, lawyers, psychologists, um, um, they studied pedagogy they are engineers and stuff like that they are physiotherapists so at some point you can get to have a nanny the language teacher you know a physiotherapist sometimes they take care for disabled kids and they are not certified you know that also can happen i think i think that that also can happen and they ask you if you agree and stuff like that. I don't really know how well it works because that wasn't like any part of my experience. But you know how expensive it can be to get like a special education or like to be in support of someone who needs that. So of course you end up like helping out with like free em- like um free employment, you know, free jobs description. Like if you have to teach them Spanish, like and it's 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 weird and i know like there are people who have a great time and and they like the parents take them to europe or, or they gave them like um go a disney trip as like a birthday present but honestly that's not like a majority didn't i mean i i remember you tell me once they're bound up here i think that uh they like told him they told her they were gonna take her to disney and then they just Holy went shit. without her no i'm sorry that that was kind of me you know like that was you 
when I was when I met you, I was with a family who they told me they had like this family event in Mexico <gasps> where I lived. Oh, I remember what and it was. They were like promising to me that they would take me. Yeah. But I think the frictions were very complicated. And honestly, I was like, I don't want to go. Like, I didn't want to go. I so just... the thing is, like, at the end of the day, like, they went down there, but yeah. they paid for an ex pair they love, like, the trip from her country in South America so they could, she could, like, join them. Yeah. And they were, like, thinking that it would be, like, trigger me <laughs> jealousy or something. And I just felt, like, very blessed by any um, divine force, if, if that exists. I was, like... I guess we actually yeah. hung out while they did that. Like you just came and stayed. Yeah, I, I think I think I did have like a, a good um, amount of free time. <laughs> but yeah, that I, I mean, some people they they get to like you know they meet their husbands. Some people like change their status and become like students and stuff like that. But I I was like very busy surviving and like trying to feed myself and I couldn't do that. <laughs> but in my in my last. Um, in my last family at some point by weird circumstances of, of life i ended up in um in a starbucks you know a lot of weird stories start in a starbucks with this woman who said to be like a domestic worker organizer and i was like well let's see how it goes so she's she was like i don't know if in her late 30s or her 40s i don't remember her age but we, we met for a coffee like by 7 p.m. and I got home by like 11 p.m. And we were just like talking about this and she was telling me that she had worked as a nanny for diplomats from her, her country and that she and, and her, her like colleagues had, had seen so much like some domestic workers have seen like abortions in like bathrooms, you know, or, or like... Um, how do you call it when when babies are born you know like weird things like they are like a lot of things go on in like behind closed doors in a house so there's also like some cases that regarding like human trafficking like it's so um it it's it's like performed in such an intimate space that it's more likely like you don't have a lot of friends it's difficult to socialize and of course, uh, a lot of people are afraid that people would know their migration status. Like I had a visa, you know, where, for example, if I wanted to have another income that would be out of the program and they would take me out and like, um, yeah, I would go back home. So my my visa was tied to my work as an opera, to my cultural exchange as an opera, whatever that could mean. <laughs> so I started to like when I was talking to her I was like well it seems like everything I've thought about this program makes sense like and it, it is also part of like a broader scenario you know because of course as as um as Jennifer said like of course if there's an au pair like au pair existing as an option for childcare, brings down like the nanny industry prices because it's super cheap you know yeah and I think it's important for listeners to know that that's not a person's problem. Like, I know this is evident for some people are like, you are trying to destroy that if you like try to gain the minimum wage and stuff like that. And I would say like, well, maybe people should organize and ask their government to give them like fair programs or something. Yeah. 
you know, like it, it's it's very complicated. And um, so I started to to talk to this woman, and then I met some other au pair friends who were like, "Well, I'm not having like a bad experience, but I think this could be better." And we started to have like talks and to kind of like organize. And sometimes if people like come to us because they are having a hard time, if it's for like just listening, we don't really give, we don't give legal advice or anything like that. But of course, like we can talk about our experiences and how we navigate the system. And it's very, I would say like, I wouldn't say the upper thing was the worst thing ever. I would say it really um, gave me a lot of tools to build my autonomy because I didn't have any other choice. And I think that's also like kind of a coming of age story, you know, where I was like living away from home and it, and I I don't really regret it, but I do think like it's not it's not like an apology for suffering or anything anything like that. But I was like, well, I I try to do things with whatever circumstances I'm going through, and I would say it's really crazy, but I'm also very interested in other people having a better experience than mine. I, I, I think it's mm. very sad to hear how people come with certain expectations. Some people uh, ask for loans to come as an au pair. Some people are trying to provide for their families in their home country. So from those less than $200, they send money back to their country. And they support like their families. They're supporting like sick um, relatives, or they are per, like paying their student loans. Like it's such a diverse, also um, the context in which everyone signs up that uh, we don't really know like what other people are going through or their needs. And some people just stay because they they can they can like you know make a kind of a living that they wouldn't be able in their home country, even with the pandemic. Like. We have heard a lot of stories of people who the family they they disagree on something and these people can tell you like I don't know like any Wednesday by 11 p.m. take your things and leave my house now and oh they would God. they will give you like garbage bags and like take you have 30 minutes to be out of my house. I remember one person that you introduced me to they um yeah I forgot their situation was exactly but they would like. The agency too was just like, well, fuck you. Uh, we'll give you a train ticket, and we'll get you a hotel like, like a half an hour drive from where the train stops. Uh, but then you have to get there on your own. You have to get to the to the airport on your own and get your own flight and everything. <laughs> yeah, like good luck with that. Yeah, Holy shit. yeah. Do do you tend to blame more the agency for being exploitative or just the individual families for like buying into the system of exploitation in the first place Mm, I would say like um I would say it's like an interwine of several things first of all I one of the things I I would say it's like I say in whatever American culture is there's this clear idea, at least from when I see it, that you are worth how much you earn. So of course, I was I was like worth like a tablecloth in my whole family's house, you know, like that's how they saw me as disposable and cheap and all this. 
So of course, like that's interiorized as individuals, but because like that, that's how the country works, I think, you know, and I would say like, um, it's a profit, like it's for profit. It's like a business at the end of the day. So like these agencies, they, um, I don't think they give any of the parties the information like we need. I, I would say like, of course, families would need like a training, uh, like regarding intercultural context, you know, like other things. And to us to really, um, to really see a clear picture of what's the responsibility of looking after a kid, because at the end of the day, like, um, if a host family treats you bad, maybe um, you will get another family. But if something happens to the kids, are you going to be a cultural exchange visitor or are you going to be a worker? You know, like there's a lot of responsibility while, while looking after for kids. So I would say like, of course, in this business, um, every, like I would say families and agencies play with the loopholes between the contracts and how they understand like this idea of work because I, something I have learned in this journey is like, Domestic work has like comes from a context of slavery and racism because to this day, like it's it's a work that it's not recognized as it should, even though it's a work that makes possible other kinds of work. Of course, if you need to go out of your house right. for eight hours a day or 10 or whatever, you want to come home and you want to feel comfortable and someone needs to like make your like the bed or do the dishes we usually do it ourselves you know like i would say maybe you or me but i understand under certain circumstances they would need someone else to perform that job and i think it's important to realize that um it's a job that it should be valuable and should be paid well and it's not like for example i've been like attending some hearings at some point and it's like they are like but why do they need to have like the like these uh, clearance that you say like domestic workers need like a 30 minute break every four hours or something and it's like when you are working with someone else like taking care of like an elder person or a kid sometimes times goes fast and it's like well it's been like six hours and i haven't eaten lunch yet you know because you are bonding with another person. So it's not like a regular job where like you have like these horrible spreadsheets and you finish that and that's it. It's more, it's like another dynamic. So I would say it's um it's rooted in these systems of oppression. But I also think like um some people tend to to abuse if they have the chance because no one will know. For example, in one of these hearings too, like there was this employer who she, she was like telling, well, you know, I, after I was, uh, I had my first kid, we realized we needed um, a domestic worker to help us to clean the house. And we contacted her through like, um, through text and on a phone call. And we agreed on how much we would pay her and and after a few years we we moved to a like a bigger house and we decided to keep going with her i think there were like two people working for them or something like that but she was like for me it's very very nice to have contracts like it's a need to have a contract because for example what if i told them like 
you will get the same amount of money for my bigger house. Like, of course, I'm in a position of power where, where I can lie to people and there's no record of that because we agreed through a phone call and stuff like that, you know? So of course I have to recognize that my home becomes a workplace and that work, workplace needs like guidelines to ensure like the dignity of the person who is working there. You know? So you, you, had, you did have employers that did understand your position speaking with you? Yeah, I think my last family was like that. No, I mean, and, I mean, like the one you were just describing, she was on your side? Or... Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> she, like, it, she wasn't my employee. She was just like boy, a yeah. person who is like, we're advocating to for domestic workers, right? So I think she okay. was like aware of like the situation because she was like, of course I can lie to them. Right. And I could be like bringing them to my mansion or whatever and paying them the same for my small house, you know, that like you can abuse because she was like, there's nothing written. Like there are no like specific things going on. And I think um, people are not like, they don't really see it as a need to have like this um, authority for domestic workers. Like, because I don't think the performance of the job is valuable nor their time. And of course, like it's very tied to like people of color, people who have like uh, who are like undocumented, you know. So these all vulnerable situations, they they come to play like a big part. And of course, when you're talking to domestic workers, they are like, well, they were threatening me to like say I have no documents. Like some people are mean, you know. So I don't know if that answers any part of the question. <laughs> think- yeah. I had a question too, sorry. Are you bored, for example? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> oh, no. worry, no, it's a joke. These, uh, these agencies, are they American industry, like agencies? Yeah, they are. Holy they shit. Are like... okay, so they're like, they're, they're actively just basically trying to find like uh, a workforce that they can actually, they can, they can underpay. I, I don't really know if it, I would say, um, I, I think they play like a part like they see the circumstances mm-hmm. you know so i think that's also kind of like how it works and there's almost i think the oversight is not well performed either you know right. like how to complain how to do things for example something very um important is like uh, there was a class action going on i think from 2009 until 2019 if i'm not mistaken and they were like um they got to like an agreement but they had to pay like a lot of money for well kind of like the proportional money they kind of owned the people who 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 took part in the class action and for example now the agencies say like it's the minimum they can pay you like if the family wants to pay you more they could pay you more but it's like it's like weird to negotiate for me like a salary you know and also for example there there's a lot of like good organizing in massachusetts because it's the first state which um pays the au pair minimum wage on their um domestic workers state bill of rights so for us it's like something we're really proud I think they get like 40, 14 dollars an hour, something like that. Holy crap! If, if, wow. if they like, 
um, <laughs> they have overtime payments and stuff like that. So the conditions are good. And one of the fears of the agencies would be like families would um, decrease. And I, I think in the recent commentary I've, I've heard from other colleagues, they say like that's not entirely true. Mm-hmm. They always um, wage laws. Yeah, of course. <laughs> less workers available like they're not gonna be able to pay them and then nothing happens just everything stays the same except some people exactly, get paid yeah. better and live increase minimum yeah. wage like you'll get like you know rising cost of inflation but inflation happens anyway regardless of stagnating wages. So. yeah they always yeah. Just, like the burger will cost the same amount as the one hour yeah. wage is like how and, that, and then like works. the trick thing would be like if people really want uh, a cultural exchange program they are going to pay for it if they are expected like they are expecting yeah. like cheap flexible tracker of course they are going to be sad and they are going to leave so um, there are like a lot of things going on yeah not to be like a dramatic person or anything but i can only imagine that it's gonna get worse at like shit like this will get worse like abortion is in danger which means more kids um inflation is going up people can't afford childcare as much and like it's just gonna be this like more exploitative bullshit is like this fucking endless cycle i'm a mom too my kids are like older i never i was never in an income level to have any nanny or (laughs) au pair never even considered it um uh, i've worked from home for a while so i was always lucky to be able to mostly be home with my kids sometimes they went to just um daycare and I just like I don't know I would the way other I hear other moms talk about child care makes me think like I've like I said I already saw the thread where they're like oh just get an au pair it's so much cheaper like like it's nothing like dehumanizing because I don't mean to just point out women in this, but white women so obviously value their own time and money more Your than time, you know? more than that of like people that they would consider low, like lower class. And it's just so fucking obvious. That's the definition of white feminism, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember like uh, some, one of the things that really upset me was to like, I mean, the only place you have for yourself in theory is a room, you know, it's your room. You basically like live there. So there are like people who live close to like the laundry room and they hear the laundry, like, you know, like noise. Sometimes um, it's your day off and the kids are jumping all around and you can hear the steps and you wake up and stuff like that. And I remember that for me, like the best thing to do was to just be in my room and I started thinking about like the word, the language they use with me, like all these things. And something that really upset me was like, why did they feel so entitled to tell me what my needs were? You know, like you don't need this or you don't need that. I remember like in my last family, one, like the first days, my, my boss, she she said something such as like yeah like oh peers like they have to share like a, a dish in at the olive garden because they earn like oh so little <laughs> and i was like well, i was pretty- i was there i had like three days there and i was like Ileana, shut up shut up shut up shut up <laughs> but in my mind i was like thinking 
why don't you pay like better you know if you want me to have like a whole dish at the olive garden like <laughs> why don't you pay me better <laughs> you know like that's the real question that no one wants to ask so for me it was like who are they to tell me I don't deserve this or that I I have worked for families that they would be like, you know what? I'm going out with my kids. I don't know when I will be back, but when, I, when I'm back, I'm going to need you. And I would stay in the house eight or nine hours, like waiting for them to come because they would never tell me when I was going to be like working. And I would like, my time is not worthy for them, you know, like all this. And as you said, for example, regarding uh, reproductive rights, now that you're mentioning it, it's also another thing because as as i've heard like we have like an insurance package or something which is like another universe to use but a lot of a lot of girls go to places like planned parenthood and all like and everything like that and sometimes in some states you get to have the services for free the medical attention for free in others you have to pay depending on some some like i don't know depending on every state or something right and like I think places like Planned Parenthood, they play a very important part in like in health for for au pairs, you know, in, in or in, for that to get like contraceptives and stuff like that. And I have heard of people who also get like abortions and try to get orientation, you know. So it's also like we are in a very um you know we're young and we want to meet people and and we we've been like like you know you you have no idea how weird it is to spend a lot of time talking about kids and family when you're not the parent and you're not part of the family even if they tell you oh, so. man so of course you want to go and like meet other people you know uh-huh. you want to talk about other things because <laughs> i remember like with robert we, we had to like wait to meet like one month because i had really weird hours and then i live in the suburbs and then it's like I, I don't know how to explain <laughs> what I do. Like it's so it's so it's it's like another universe, you know. So Dating of course, sounds... I I get what you say, and and also um, I think so. When you study this situation, it's part of an like a phenomenon that it's called like global care chain, in which people who have like um like some kind of education, whatever that's called. They go to this um, this uh, concept of first world like um, countries in which they perform do- domestic work, you know. So I think it's also like a, a really like a consequence of the exploitation and colonization from like the global south, you know, such as Latin America and all that, and. It's just like a consequence of all these capitalistic like relationships in between the countries. It's how they impact our lives. And, and, and you have to make decisions. I have heard of people who are like, I'm so tired of this, but I will extend another year because I've heard the situation in my country is like no one of my friends, they have like employment. And this is like a safe income, even if this is too little, like it's just you know, like living the apocalypse and it's very expensive in the farm. Um, wrapping up, does anybody have any f- sort of final questions about all this? Or I just feel like really educated. Like I've, <laughs> I, I've never, 
I've never like no like I've never known anyone who's had no pair or like was an au pair as far as I know. So I didn't know. I mean, I'm not surprised that horrible things are happening in America exploiting that's the entire country. So but it's just it's really eye opening and shocking. Is there I guess is there anything that like people can do? So I would say like um I I currently have um uh I would say I volunteer for the National Domestic Workers Alliance in, in which like they advocate for like changing laws and that kind of thing. And sometimes they are like, you know, these activities in which you have you you call, to call your representative and stuff like that. Like there's some of that like going on. Mm-hmm. I would say the most important thing is to socialize the information, you know, because it's like an underground culture, I would say. So I, I think it's important because uh, it is estimated that like 20,000 au pairs come to the country every year. 20, so, of course, it's like, I don't know if, how big do you think that is, but of course, like uh, one of my personal nightmares is like, I just hope no one is just like logged up in a basement, you know, with no <laughs> Wi-Fi or something, because that also happens. So. Uh, you know, you go through the suburbs and you see these big houses and all that, but you never really know how they live. Like, that's why uh, scary movies exist, too, you know, in the suburbs. <laughs> like, I, I got the, I got to know that, like, since the first time I slept in the suburbs. Like, of course, everything makes sense. Why but I would think to socialize it. What? Why aren't you writing a horror movie about being an au pair then? I have, I have a like, I had an idea about that, you know, like yeah. it sounds, it yeah. kind of sounded like it. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be stoked to see that. Be, that sounds sick. Yeah, yeah. So I would say to socialize the information and also um, just like googling things up a little bit. There are like uh, blogs that the host moms have, and they are like. Why, why, why should you pay one hundred ninety-five point seventy-five to your pair and not two hundred dollars every week? They have a blog post for that, and when you hear the reason, it's like they think they deserve more, or they are like, you, you should say you should you should save those five dollars every week, and by the end of the year, you buy them something as a gift. You know, you don't have to give everything all at once. You buy them a gift, so you're in control of what they have. Party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you're like a very good Christian and all that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So I would say to like socialize it. I, I would say to look up um, at the page of the National Domestic Workers Alliance. They are like doing a lot of advocacy regarding this. There's also like an emerging project I'm doing with some friends. I, I guess when we are launching it, it would be definitely good to to be here with you. Um, not to just say Christians are bad. I've met a lot of people from a lot of religions. I will like apologize myself for that commentary. Um, but yeah, I would say to socialize it and just like in a random conversation, you would say like, do you know what an opera is? <laughs> I didn't know before you, and I've I've tried to tell people, <laughs> like I've tried yeah, of course. how like, insane it is, and, and I really appreciate it. I, I I promised to myself I would tell every like everyone I could, like whenever I was on a date, whenever like sometimes people approach to me like in a bus stop because they thought I would speak Spanish and they were Spanish speakers, 
and everyone would be like, yeah, I met a girl who lived like that in Georgetown, you know? So it's like subculture. So we need to bring that from like the deep to like to the ground setting, you know? Right. So I would say something like that. All right, well, <laughs> I guess yeah. that's it. I'll stop uh, recording. Can you send me some of those links and I'll put them in the description if anybody listens to this? <laughs> yeah let me know when you're doing the project that you're involved in yeah i'm always down to shit on christians